Chapter 21, Make Lean Blast Off. Most people reject simple because it smacks them in the face when they refuse to take action. If you add complexity to anything, it slows action down, muddles the path forward, and will flummox the brightest minds. These are my top 11 steps to supercharge any lean culture in the order of importance. If your culture lacks energy and power, go back to step one and repeat it until you experience nuclear... And repeat it until you experience nuclear fission. Nuclear fission... You should keep it. It's very funny. Well, hopefully you're laughing because I am. I love to laugh at myself. You can't poke fun at yourself. You can't have any fun. So as I go through these 11 points, I want to emphasize that point number one is all important. And when I answer this question in front of people, I always say, number one, the CEO or president must embrace lean personally and not delegate it to the team to implement. Number two, The CEO or president must embrace lean personally and not delegate it to the team to implement it. Number three, the CEO or president must embrace lean personally and not delegate it to the team to implement. You got it? It is so important that the CEO and president is fully engaged in the process and does not delegate. And I'm going to be honest with you. There were times in my lean journey where I wanted to delegate it, where I was just exhausted, but I realized you cannot do that. And the more and more I got engaged, frankly, the more joy I got and the more joy I got, the more things worked itself out. And the more our team became passionately involved because they were looking to me to lead. And that is critical. So point number one, you've got it right now. Let's go to two. Meet regularly as a team, preferably once a day to address issues, talk about improvements and problems, and teach lean principles. You wouldn't play the Super Bowl without meeting as a team or strategizing. At FastCap, we treat every day as if we were playing the Super Bowl. This way, we win the hearts and minds of our customers and improve the performance of our team. Number three, learn and teach the eight ways. Everyone in the company should know them by heart without memorizing an acronym. An acronym, in my mind, is simply an excuse to not really understand what it is you're trying to learn. They should understand it. And this is the way you understand it. Waste always starts with overproduction, then transportation, then inventory, then there's a defect, then you have to repair the defect, creating the waste of overprocessing and motion. While the customer is waiting, you're wasting your God-given ability to make improvements and change the world. So let me illustrate in what I'm doing right now recording this audio book. We are not doing batch work. We're recording basically one paragraph at a time, making sure everything is perfect. Because if I just recorded the whole thing and let Greg go back and muddle through the whole thing, we would have a whole bunch of overproduction. Then he'd transport all this to his inventory in his computer. Then he would start listening and realizing, oh, there's a defect. And now I got to have Paul come all the way back in and waste all the time and motion and overproduction and everything else. Meanwhile, people are waiting for the audio book to be completed, but they can't because we made a defect because we overproduced. But instead of doing all that nonsense, we're doing one paragraph at a time and making sure everything's right. Because every time we do one paragraph at a time, I'm able to hear the mistakes I'm making and correct them so the next paragraph is even a little bit better. And while Greg's making the edit, I'm not sitting there waiting. I'm actually reading the next paragraph and rehearsing it in my mind and not wasting any time. Because when you become a lean thinker and you understand the eight ways, 
It transforms the way you think about everything. That's why it's so critical that you learn them and understand them and teach them every day at your company. Number four, make simple before and after videos of all your improvements. Start a YouTube channel and the concept will spread like wildfire through your organization. Keep it simple. The videos should be made with your smartphone. Don't buy camera equipment or expensive software. It is important that you do it immediately when you see the opportunity to improve. Don't batch work. Don't delay. Perfection is a curse. Now, I know some of these principles I've repeated and talked about in earlier chapters, but the purpose of this chapter is to summarize the top 11 points. So forgive me if I've already gone over this, but I think it's important to distill them down into simple concepts. So number five, don't ever point to someone else and say, look at all their waste. Always point at yourself. You have enough waste in your lifetime for 10 lifetimes. I can't tell you the number of times executives come up to me after I speak and bemoan the waste of others in their organization. I just look at them in the eye and say, you're the problem. This starts and ends with you. Stop telling me about how you need to change everyone else. The problem is you. Lead and your people will follow. Point and your people will run. Number six, can't find anything to improve? Simply fix what bugs you. Fix everything you struggle with. Anything that is not flowing is an easy opportunity to improve. I can find 10 clunky processes in the first hour I spend with anyone, including myself. Let me illustrate this point. I have a prison now on the East Coast that is reading two-second lean, and the prisoners are all implementing improvements. Now, prisoners have very little resources, and they don't have a lot to work with. But yet the warden and the people at this prison understand the power of teaching these prisoners to think and become productive. And yet they're able to improve without a problem. If prisoners can learn to improve, if prisoners can find things that bother them, if prisoners can find areas where things don't flow and work stops and make improvements, how in the world can we not with all the abundance and resources that we have at our disposal? Number seven, where should you start? How should you find these potential improvements? Look for anywhere work is stopped. Work should never stop. It should always flow. If it stops, there's waste. And there's no better illustration than the next time you pull up to the local signal and you're sitting there with your car running, wasting fuel where the rest of the traffic flows one direction and the other traffic gets stopped, you realize, look at all the waste that's occurring here. Contrast that to the roundabouts that are being put in around the United States. Of course, in Europe and around the world, they already know about roundabouts, and these things have been institutionalized in many countries, and they're fantastic. As a matter of fact, I love going to Europe because I get to experience a roundabout. But I do have to say one funny thing. I was recently in the UK, and they started putting signals in the roundabouts. I wanted to pull my hair out, and I don't even have any hair. It drove me crazy. Like, don't you understand... People are smart. They know how to merge. They know how to anticipate things. But if you take that power away from them and treat them like drones, you get a signal. It's a disaster. When you come up to a roundabout, people slow and then they move around it. Everything flows. They just put in two right by our work 
And it is nothing short of magic compared to the nightmare of the signals and the stop signs that used to be there because that was stopping work. You want work to flow evenly and smoothly. And when you understand this concept, you'll begin to see it in everything that happens. Number eight, do I need someone to help me? Should I hire a consultant? The answer is hell no. If you do hire a consultant, it will guarantee your dependence on someone else. Becoming a lean thinker is easy despite what anybody else tells you. If you learn this on your own, it will be deeply embedded in the way you think about everything. All consultants are not bad. In fact, many are good. Most consultants are misused. Never hire a consultant to bring lean to your organization. Hire a consultant to tweak and improve a vibrant culture. If a consultant takes you in a conference room, show them the door and run. The work is where the work is done, in the office and on the shop floor, not in the conference room. Number nine, never try to get your family to do lean. And I mean never. Do it yourself and do it well, and you'll become a magnet to every thoughtful person on the planet. And of course, if your family does not become a magnet to your lean, that means you didn't marry very well. Just kidding, off script. This is why step one is so important. See the video at the end of the chapter of my wife making weekend improvements. It's cool. Number 10, what if I'm not the top leader in my organization? How can I affect change and build a lean culture? Regardless of your station in life, every human being has influence over something or someone. Build lean in that sphere of influence and you will be elevated to the top leader in short order. Number 11, never look for the complex solution to solve a problem. If you don't know what Occam's razor is, you should learn about it. Always pursue the simplest and most elegant solution. Use your head, not your wallet. The one thing, lean is fun. If there's no fun, you're missing the dessert of life.